You're listening to the Pinball Podcast. All right, it is episode 105 of the Pinball Podcast. It sure is. This is Tuesday, May 16th, which is a couple of days behind schedule. Don't ask why. No, there'd be no reason why we're two days behind, right? No, no, no horrible things could have possibly gone wrong that pushed us back a couple days. No, technology's played nice, and the thing is, is we sound like incompetent idiots but we're not like (laughs) legitimately a failing of technology but i believe you but jessica do you know who never fails nifty led that's right nifty led is the premier source for pinball leds as well as pinball parts well they're okay with pinball parts what they have is good but their core is LEDs. But what else do they have? Uh, their balls are fantastic. They are. I, I, I put them in all my games. They're very shiny. That's right. They have great balls. They also have pinball rubber. And uh, just head over there. See what they got. Um, they ship quickly. <laughs> They've got... Well, that's the point. Don't listen to us. You're like, just go. Just, just go to niftyled.com. Um, put a huge order in your cart and then uh, leave it there for a day or two. Go back, delete out all the stuff you didn't actually want, and then just make a normal order. They love when you do that. So I bet. But niftyled.com, they're pretty swell. That's oh. their new. That's their new tagline. They're swell. Hashtag we're pretty swell. <laughs> not swole. Right, Nate's pre- <laughs> Nate's definitely not swole. But no. Um, I kind of am. I've got a pinched nerve, and <laughs> it's going on two weeks now, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, I keep losing feeling in my fingers, and okay, wait. So I um, broke a toe, and then you. We actually got feedback uh, that I didn't go into the broken toe story, so I'm sorry to let everybody down. I got really excited about pizza. I wasn't wearing shoes. Um, <laughs> I was, you lost your mind. I, well, I was having just like one of those nights where I wasn't really thinking too much. That sounds terrible, but, um, my friend Sean was in town from Texas and he works with Reverend Horton Heat and, um, it was, you know, the Reverend was doing like a little solo acoustic kind of thing and it was amazing. And it was like back to back shows. So there was an early show and I got to hang out and watch and it was fantastic and then um we had pizza week and there was 101 cheese pizza which is guinness world record breaking pizza okay for like number of cheeses on a pizza and it was the very last day that they were going to have that pizza and i was like i'm going to see if they'll deliver it to us which i didn't think would actually happen in between shows and they did but uh, um he had to keep like working through to the next show, which was starting immediately, which we didn't know after the first show. So I was like, I'll go get it. So I ran upstairs and there's like the hotel part, which is where they could deliver it to because they wouldn't or weren't allowed to deliver it to the venue. And there was like this big tented outdoor area. And I was just standing there and I took my shoes off and I was relaxing. 
And then the guy calls because he doesn't know where I am. So I run out to get the pizza. And when I ran back and I went to go into the tent, I um, hit my foot up against the door and I broke my toe because it was really, really exciting world record breaking pizza. Toe breaking worthy. (laughs) Broken um, toe worthy pizza from Scotty's. Good job, guys. Has it affected your pinball play at all? (laughs) Oh, I've been playing like shit, so maybe. (laughs) No, I can't blame it on my toe. It's just me not playing well. Well, because I took a break from tournaments, right? So I haven't been playing competitively very much. And then I realized hey, I have stuff coming up that I actually care about in terms of tournaments. So like Powderpuff, the um, women's tournament in Seattle is coming up next weekend. Um, And then Pin Masters, Pin Golf at 8-Bit is happening the day after that. Um, I have my Jammy Jam Pin Golf tournament this weekend at C-Bar in Portland. Um, and then it's like what Northwest Pacific Arcade show is coming up, um, in June. So I'm going to be playing in Tacoma there. And then it's like, before you know it, Pinburg is going to be here. Oh my gosh. Pinburg is going to be here before we know it. <laughs> so, um, I was like, Hey, maybe I should start playing in tournaments again. So I did the, I've done the last three weeklies, Flip City weeklies. So I did bottles and I did pinball outreach projects and tonight, uh, right before we recorded, I played at Belmont Inn, and I did not do well. That was a bad, bad tournament <laughs> for me, but great all tournament right. because I got to hang out with all of the people that I enjoy. So that's kind of the balance is I've been playing at home more, not doing as many tournaments, but then I miss the people that I like. Um, so it's been nice to see people again. There are still some things I'm not crazy about with like the competition side of things in Portland right now. And my friend actually said something tonight. He's like, yeah, I haven't been around much. He's like, it's not fun anymore. And there are definitely nights where competitive pinball in Portland doesn't feel as fun as it did at another time. But, um, but it's been fine being back to it. Um, I helped tournament direct the C-Bar monthly last night, which was fun. I didn't do great, but, um, I stayed the whole time. I just kept knocking out long playing machines out of the rotation. Oh, yeah. So anything that was taking over 10 minutes of average game play just got trashed. So, um, we actually finished at a reasonable hour yesterday. That was fun. That's super helpful to do that. Um, I don't, we've been doing more, uh, of that lately in our tournaments, kind of like substituting a game late in the night when it's obvious that one game or two games might be a problem and causing bottlenecks or just just playing super long so yeah sometimes you gotta but what else you've been doing um oh sorry i just like said a lot of things all at once um (laughs) it's okay i know you're trying to make it forget about the toe thing so right right we're moving past the toe um so I had another Bells meeting. I have another Bells meeting tomorrow um, where we're going to get ready for Jammy Jam and um, try and set some like more interesting goals for pin golf instead of just like a straight up score, like get a multi-ball on Metallica that's not sparky or collect 20 diamonds on Congo or like that kind of thing. Um, so I want to do more goal-oriented pin golf um, scoring as opposed to just straight up points. So we'll sure. work on that at Bells tomorrow. I got new quarter holders, which doesn't sound exciting, but it's really exciting. Um, <laughs> I think they're cool. They're really cool. They hold 
a full roll of quarters. My old ones did not. My old ones were spring loaded, which was nice, but they broke real easily. So um, these are really durable. I've thrown them up against the wall and dropped them and all kinds of things and they don't break open. So um, it's nice and they hook to your key ring or your belt or whatever. Um, and they look great. Double danger pinball. Um, they were kind enough to like send me a sample of something different to try and I liked them. So they printed those up with Bell's logos. If anyone is interested, um, in those hit me up, they're five bucks They're They'll last forever. Um, and yes, I I have one for you. Yes. I would like to add though, that there's no better way to attract a potential mate than wearing one of those quarter things. Ooh. On your belt. You you just, promised it here first. Just remember just remember that uh, early '90s, the guy walking around with little quarter thing on his belt. You know, you tell him the quarter ate your. I mean, the machine ate your quarter, and he does the little click thing. And the click thing's let, let pretty get, sexy, I'll admit. But let me get that for you, bud. And he leans over <laughs> and puts the quarter in the machine, and it credits up. And I actually yeah. had tried to find like the old school style ones. They're not um, easy to come by or cheap, but I think that these are a little more reasonable for our purposes. <laughs> so, uh, no, cool. yeah, so I got those. Um, C-Bar installed um, like a camera above one of the machines. So they'll rotate machines in and out and a screen above it. So you can actually see people playing, which is great for our tutorials and stuff. Um, it's also great for playing dollar games where you have to just look at the screen and you can't look at the play field because there's a delay. Yeah. Do they, are they going to use that at all for streaming or is it just more for recording and watching live? Um, I think they're going to do some streaming stuff from there too. I don't know. Um, they want me to, to kind of go and, and do something there to, to test out all the equipment and stuff and see how it's going to run. But they have a Twitch sure. um, channel at least set up, Rose City Pinball. So hopefully we'll be able to get some more tournaments um, and Bell's meetings and all that kind of stuff um, just off that equipment. So we'll cool. see how that goes. But so far, so good. Um, I had just like some good pin pal time. Um, I had like a lady pinball date with Zoe and we went and played at, um, a new spot tonic. Well, new to us. We hadn't been there before. Um, and they had a really sweet T2 and uh, Metallica Ellie that we played the crap out of. So we had like a really nice night of just playing those games and, um, hanging out and catching up. Um, my friend Trace, who is, um, he was famously, um, Dr. Forrester on Mystery Science Theater 3000, um, was in town with my friend Frank, who was PV's Frank. Um, and Trace got in first, so we got a night to just hang out and he came over and played pinball and it was super fun. Um, he hadn't played it in a long time, so it was cool to see him, like, reintroduced and to <laughs> show him like the differences like okay well here's sea witch and here's stars and here's theater magic and um you know just like all the different types of games and he was just like in awe and just kind of like i want to keep playing you know when we were playing theater his, his ball drain and he's like wait i'm not done so then he like takes my turn but it was really you know it was great just to see how excited he was about playing mm-hmm. um and 
yeah, of course, I'm a huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 nerd, um, and they have a live touring show called The Mads Are Back. So The Mads from MST3K. If anyone gets a chance to see them, please go see them. They're so great. Um, and then I hung out with the Borg and Zach. We did like a quarter world slash sea bar day. So I've been going out to play more. I'm trying to get over my like, I've got cool machines at home. I can hermit all I want. <laughs> and actually go out to do some stuff. So, um, yeah, that's all of the many, many things that I've been doing in short form. What have you been doing aside from not a lot of pinball? Uh, that's the, ex- that's the answer. Not a lot of pinball. Um, I partly with the whole pinch nerve thing, not, not playing a whole lot just because it kind of hurts to stand and lean over the machine, but I just haven't had time. I've been doing a lot of other stuff that, um, has gotten in the way of pinball, which is a bummer. I'm definitely feeling the effects of not having played. I've got those itchy flipper fingers, I guess, but, um, I am excited because there's a video game expo that takes place every year and here. And it's pretty, pretty big show. And we're going to have a presence. Our league is, someone reached out to us and asked if we could bring some games and if we'd be willing to run some tournaments there. They would put up some prize money. So we're going to do that. Um, I'll be taking two or three games and we're, we're trying to get a good range of eras represented. So I'll probably take an EM, uh, my genie, and then probably something like ACDC. Um, but that genie, will only happen if I get the restoration done, which I haven't even started yet. So I've got some work to do, but I also would like to take that out to Denver for pinball showdown. Speaking of upcoming events, that's the same weekend as your, uh, Northwest show. So that's why I'm not going to that one, but, um, yeah, it'd be nice to get that out there. Um, I guess they haven't had a genie at their show for like 10 years. So, well, and yours is spectacular. Yes, it would be. It'd be great. So, I would love to go and share that um, out there. But um, we'll see if it happens. If not, I won't be too disappointed. But that's my goal, and that's June June eleventh. Is well, it's that weekend. Was it June ninth, tenth, and eleventh? Is that right? Yeah. So that's when I'll be in Tacoma. And yeah. if anyone else is going to be in Tacoma, where all the smart kids are going to be, then come say hi. Yeah, it's a shame that the the stuff is all on the same weekends. Like this weekend, um, uh, you know, is Pinagogo, but it's also Pin Pin in Vegas. Um, and you know, I'm unfortunately not able to go to either of those this year. Just you know, alternate travel plans. But um, I'm doing my Jammy Jam this weekend. We've got Milk Toast Showdown in town that Noah Davis runs here, um, which is a herb style tournament. Is happening this weekend, but. I have a bunch of bells from Portland who are going down to pin pin and I wish them all of the luck. And, um, I feel pretty confident that that brand new Stern is going to come back to Portland. Um, a lot of amazing uh, like bells ladies from all over the place are going to play in that. And I wish I could be with them. <clears throat> nice thing about that is that, um, they get to choose the game, right? They do. It has to be something that's on the line currently with Stern. So, um, and it's a pro model. Right. Um, but, but pin pin provides that like it's not Stern sponsored, right? 
No, uh, Pin Pin provides it. So Trailer Tom, who runs the tournament, he um, part of the entry money, um, a small part goes to that. Then second and third get cash payouts, and then um, he puts up the rest. So he buys the machine for the tournament. Yeah. He um, really likes you know, being able to support women in the hobby and he's been doing this for a while now and it's awesome. And it's just like a great thing that he does to, you know, um, welcome women into the pinball community and, um, just really nice guy and great tournament and, um, the pinball hall of fame hosts it. And so there's like a ton of variety and, um, it's, all done like on hand by hand on paper and like these huge paper brackets that are written out. And, um, it's just super fun. I I had a really great time when Zoe and I went down last year and, um, you know, I got second and she got third. So we brought nice big trophies back to Portland and, uh, Hannah from Seattle won first. She's the only person who beat me all day and she just (laughs) killed it. Um, but I still had a great time and, you know, you get to run around and play all these games you don't see in a lot of other places. So the whole experience was really cool for me. Um, and I'm, you know, very jealous of everyone who gets to go back this year. And um, I'm there in spirit very much and cheering on all the rad ladies who are playing this weekend. Yeah. It's the only tournament where you might play Pinball Circus or Orbiter One or something like that. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's all free, free game. So, I mean, it's a... Uh, you, you kind of can pick anything as long as yep. there's no weight, right? Yeah. As long as there's no so. weight and as long as um, the game doesn't have any major malfunctions reported on it, they were keeping a list of machines that weren't really in great shape to play. Right. Um, so you could pick anything that wasn't on that list. But I almost chose Pinball Circus in one of my rounds and then I opted not to. And part of me wonders if I should have because <laughs> I had my fir- very first game ever on it, of course. Like I get to the top level and it was so rad and... Um, but then, you know, that it's the, the curse of you play great games before your tournament and then you play that game in the oh, tournament yeah. and it's so bad. Um, have they announced the tournament list for the Northwest show yet? Like the games? Don't believe so. I've just been seeing a lot of posts from them about the satellite tournaments where you can, you know, win, um, passes to the tournament, but I haven't seen anything about the banks yet. Okay. Um, they actually did show the pinball showdown games and I need to pull those up because they're crazy. Crazy. Um, well, it's, there's some stuff that is very standard. Um, but let me, let me read what the game line is. Okay. So for the EM tournament, it'll be on Buccaneer and volley, which is, um, which is, you know, pretty normal. Then the solid state classics are Medusa and Paragon. Now this is where things get crazy. So on the modern division, there's Avatar LE, which isn't crazy. It just sucks because that game's <laughs> the worst. It's no fun. It's casually Agreed. or to compete on. It's just terrible. Um, then Wheel of Fortune, uh, which is an odd, oddball. Uh, ACDC Premium, that's pretty standard. Uh, Jurassic Park, you don't see that very often in tournaments. Uh, Medieval Madness, Whirlwind, and then Mouse in a Round, which is kind of weird, and Metallica Ellie. Um, almost, I don't know if I've ever played Metallica Ellie in a tournament. I always play the pro, but Metallica is in every tournament. It's always there. But Mouse in a Round, Jurassic Park, Will of Fortune, those are some strange ones. Um, so we'll deviate a little bit from 
what a lot of people are used to seeing. Um, and then the unfortunate inclusion of Avatar LE. <laughs> but ACDC and Metallica and Whirlwind, th- those are seen often enough. So. Yeah, we have a mouse around at C-Bar right now, so I've been playing it in tournaments for a little while. Um, the last, when I did the Selfie League tournament last month, month before, um, it was just like center ramp all day. And since then they have put in the thickest post rubbers. <laughs> you like can barely squeeze a ball through to get that center ramp. So now it's like, great. I guess I'm spelling cheese all day. Yeah. It's a, this is a Papa event. So I'm sure they're going to make them tough that way. So, um, the one thing with mousing around, I'm sure this will be in great shape, but almost every time I play it, the flippers are too weak to make all the shots that you want to make, uh, as far as like seeing it at shows. So I'll just be happy to play a nice one for once. So yeah, good, but that'll be interesting. It's going to be tough to practice obviously, cause I'm not around most of those games, but <laughs> it's fine. So I guess that's kind of leading us into news. Let's uh, let's hit some things that have been happening. All right, um, let's do it. So let's let's start small and work our way up. Um, I guess this came out a few days ago, and um, if you were paying attention to our Instagram uh, Instagram account, you'll notice that Don posted to that, and it was that the Thunderbird side art uh, for the cabinet was shown. We've already seen. Um, the head, if it hasn't changed, then we know what that looks like, but with the electroluminescent lighting, which is so rad. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, we're seeing it used for the attack from Mars remake, um, as well. But, um, so the side art shows different vehicles. It's hand drawn rather than the, um, like physical puppet type of thing. It's kind of got a cartoonish look to it. It looks nice and clean. Looks cool. Um, but uh, you can see that. I know Pinball Supernova posted it. It's been posted a few other places. But it's on our Instagram. So go just take a look there and you'll find that. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about it? I thought it looked nice. Nothing like crazy or super yeah. noteworthy. No. Uh, side art is always really interesting to me because most of the time when I see games, they are in a lineup where they're pretty tight, to you know, like close to one another. So yeah. a lot of the times I don't even see the side art. I really like that they're going with hand-drawn stuff instead of like a Photoshop sort of thing. Um, it, it kind of made me think a little bit of like some EM cabinets or, you know, some solid state, like some stencil type, like that style of cabinet where it wasn't as, you know, photorealism heavy. Yeah. And like you, I don't really notice side art much longer than it takes to take the game out of the box and set it up. But um, every once in a while when a game looks particularly good, I'll kind of think maybe that should be on the end of the row. So I do appreciate it when I see it. I just don't notice it that often, I guess. So. <laughs> see, I like uh, my meteor on the the back of the head has like stern meteor stenciled on the back of it, yeah. which for me, I really dig because the way that I have my games set up, you can see the backs of my games um, from other parts of the house. So like from my kitchen, you can see the backs of Meteor and Stars. And Stars is just plain, but Meteor says Meteor on it. And I'm like, huh, that's an interesting, you know, you would never notice something like that in a location where it's pressed up against a wall. Right, yeah. Um, I never see the backs of my games, so... 
I did actually because Meteor was set up in my garage and it was at a part where I could walk around behind it. So for Meteor, I definitely did see it. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but if you want like more updates with the the, the Thunderbird stuff, um, check out the pin side thread uh, that that home pin updates and you can see everything that they're doing as far as the whole process of getting that game built. And it's pretty cool. Uh, definitely one of my favorite threads to see every time it gets a good update. So check that out. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay, well let's stick on the art thing. Um, total <laughs> nuclear annihilation, which is <laughs> the final name for Scott Denise's total annihilation. Um, they added the nuclear to avoid some copyright issues with a they video game. The, what? the nuclear. <laughs> Go on. I'm not playing your game. <laughs> you nuclear. are though. I mean, you're you're actively playing it. This is harassment. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, Dead Flip, Jack Danger did um, a really cool extended stream um, with Scott and showed some of the new code and new rules and just like lots of great gameplay. Man, that game is gorgeous and the sounds are phenomenal. Like that soundtrack is killer. Scott did such a good job. I want to play it so badly. I hope there's one at the Tacoma show. Um, But yeah, the art is amazing. Uh, the gameplay looks great. The light show is so good. Like even in just in attract mode, it's got some rainbow star or something, something going on. It looks so good. Yeah, it's fantastic in person. I just can't wait to see the art. But um, the yeah, so they showed off the uh, translight and I think it looks awesome. It's got that 80s vision of the future. Um, it's super bright neon colors and just looks like fun um doesn't take itself too seriously um it looks great i'm i'm excited to see what it looks like when carried on into the cabinet and the playfield as well um but i'm not going to call it names but i'm going to mention there were there were some pinsiders that uh weren't so happy that the main character on the back glass was a woman talking about how that's not very realistic for some oh, reason. For I mean, sake, really? I know it's like total nuclear annihilation. This isn't realistic. I mean, traveling to the future to save the past and they have an issue with a woman. I don't know. That was kind of a joke. And then there were just don't, don't go into that thread. Okay. Like for your sanity. Right. I dis- don't go to pin side for my sanity. I, I mean, there are very few things that can get me to go on to Pinside. One of them was um, going to talk to Rotor Dave about Pincade in New Zealand. Everyone's like, yeah, he's on Pinside. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I will go just to talk to him. Um, but I genuinely spend no more time than is absolutely necessary on Pinside because of shit like this. Really, what, what part about this is so unrealistic, you know, like outside of the realm that it's like science fiction, right? Why is it such a big deal that it's a woman on the back glass? Well, you know that a woman can't be a superhero time traveler. I mean, come on, you, you be, be 
be realistic, Jessica. Right, right. That's right. I forgot. That's uh, just grab her by the coin door and. Take but her you know, we haven't moment. seen the playful art. Maybe she's actually walking over to hand the gun to the guy who's about. <laughs> I think he dropped this. <laughs> uh, it's okay. So just it's don't absurd. go in there. Don't go in there because. You don't need to see the discussion of whether or not the uh, shirt should have nipple silhouettes on it. So, okay, but you know I what? <laughs> like, I didn't make that up. I'm sorry. God, was that were that those the guys from Dutch Pinball complaining that there weren't nipple silhouettes? Because no. they've got them. They, well, of course, the bride would have it. That's of course. You know. So yeah. yeah, just maybe maybe stay out of that for now. I was having I a pretty good night. I, yeah, I knew I could ruin it. I knew I could ruin it. <laughs> it was only a matter of time until Jeff ruined my good night. That's like a seven night in a row streak. I'm feeling pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. So, yeah, just I'm happy for the game. Um, I'm excited. For the game. I would be happy for the game if there were no art on the play field. Like, take that Sharpie run with it with the lights on it man it looks so good i really hope that they don't you know like clutter it up with a ton of stuff that that detracts from that but he's got a real good thing going right now i love the minimalist design and i know that it's not necessarily intended to always be that way but it's very appealing to me kind of like the way that the thunderbirds cabinet you know makes me think of some older games i really really like the the kind of retro future feel that it gets from being so minimalist right now um and you know the art to some extent is like that 80s like very highly stylized neon-y sort of i always think of signal noise there's um this artist who goes by signal noise and he does that very stylized 80s type um graphic design and that's 100 percent what that makes me think of um in terms of looking at that, but yeah, it's just, it's so clean and so cool looking the way that it is, even with the girl on the back glass. Well, here's the cool part. The woman on the back glass is modeled after Scott's wife. So that was the reference so model bad. by the uh, artist. So I'll put you down on team nipple um, for that. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that people know you're on that side. So. Okay, I've been on Team Nipple for things in the past. This is this is one of the few exceptions where I'm not going to be on Team Nipple. Sorry. If this is the thing that you're the most concerned with about a game, about a rad, amazing, original design that's coming from someone who worked on a homebrew pen that got picked up by one of the major companies producing games right now, an amazing story... Killer music, killer gameplay, really interesting rules and the multi-ball locks and everything. And the thing that you're going to focus on is that you can't see her nipples through her space age Teflon vest or whatever the hell she's wearing. You have major, major problems. And I have no problem telling you this on the podcast, to your face, on the internet. You need to just back up and kind of take in the whole picture of look at this amazing thing that we've been gifted in this community where pinball is still thriving, alive and well, and people have the opportunity to make this happen. And it's modeled after his rad wife, like all good things. Why would you choose the one thing to focus on that literally makes no difference at all in any way, shape or form? 
Well, dialed in's about a cell phone. <laughs> so it is not. Oh, I, I don't want to say anything more of that because I think you <laughs> killed the um, anything that anyone could say back. Like I think you shut it down. That's good. Though I did think that um, one of the commenters in there, um, I think it was, it's, I don't know all the numbers, but it's SLC Punk something or other. He uh, put in there, he's like, can't you guys just go look up some porn or something? Like, I was going to I'm happy to direct you to websites where you can see all of the nipples that your heart desires They're or out there. other parts of you desire. Right. There are plenty of places where you can go very specifically for this. And I have heard that these websites don't make you see it through a shirt. But maybe, maybe that's what they're looking for. Maybe they have a very specific, I guarantee you, give me three minutes and an internet connection and I will find you space age nipple through shirt porn and send it directly to your pin side mailbox and you can just shut this thread down. Okay. So that's not a service. We're not, we're not actually going to provide that. So. Um, but but yeah, I, I think the website you're talking about was Google. So anyway, uh, yeah, mentioning dialed in, uh, <laughs> this actually was just showed today. So the delay of the show gives us the the breaking news on this right, one. Right, we did this on purpose. <laughs> totally. Uh, dialed in number one is off the line and ready for testing. So Jersey Jack posted the picture of dialed in 0001. Um, was all done and they have taken it and it's gone to the testing station so that means that they've officially produced um a dialed in and i i'm assuming that is probably jack's machine or something like that um oh, i thought you were gonna say that was yours no because they're running standard editions first mm. so i have to wait a little longer but That's uh fair. yeah so they want to get location games out and get games that uh, can you know get out there for people to see first work the kinks out on those games let them get hammered on and then the la's and collector's editions will come later but perfect I'm either so excited. way yeah jack made good on his claim that he would have games coming off the line in may so well done um as we know jersey jack pinball's not the uh doesn't have the best history of making timeline projections so that's a good sign to see him do that. Definitely. Yeah. So congratulations, guys. Um, now keep them coming so I can get mine sooner than later. And um, speaking of games on the line, it's been actually a little over a week now, maybe almost two weeks, but Attack from Mars Remake is already on the line as well. So they got from announcement to production pretty quickly, and that's good to see. Uh, yeah. By all accounts, that's going well, and... People who've played it keep saying, I mean, I've played it. It plays just like Attack from Mars. So I'm excited about it. Um, though I did say someone say they did not enjoy how Strobe Multiball worked on this one. So I don't know if that's created with a different type of light. We'll have to see. That's one of my favorite things on that game. So They didn't hopefully. like the lighting on it or they didn't like the way that it, like what was their complaint I, about it? I guess the lighting's different or it just didn't have the same level of effect i don't know um i had never talked to anybody who'd seen it in a dark room so i don't i don't know and even on the original if unless the room's dark you don't get the full effect anyway 
Um, my my game room is kept pretty dark, so when that goes off, it's te- it's total strobe effect, and the ball is skipping along the playfield. It's crazy and it's cool. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but we'll see. People should be getting those pretty soon as well. So that's awesome. Nice. Very exciting. Uh, speaking of awesome new releases, I just got my critical hit decks. So did I. <laughs> so I'm excited to run a, run a tournament with that. That's for sure. Me too. Yeah, they look great. I'm very, very excited. So thanks to Carl D'Angelo for uh, getting those shipped and to me faster than maybe anything I've ever ordered on the internet. I know. I was really quite amazed at how quickly those showed up from the time I placed the order. <laughs> so that was like nifty LED speed of shipping. So they showed up like not next day. It was two days and they're here. So yeah, very fast. Um, I think there's some still available. Um, if they are, you, you'd want to get that quickly if you're interested um, because they will definitely sell out. I think he's at less than 30 decks left last yeah. I saw. So we'll get on it. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> um, um, there's a thing that I haven't mentioned yet. It's not like a thing I did, so I don't know where it falls in the, in the realm of what we're doing. Should I say it now? Should I save it? I think you should say it now because I'm going to have a huge bring down for our last bit of news. So bring oh, us up so I can okay. come down from a higher high. Cool. Okay, so do you remember when uh, Taylor won your bet on no. Attack from Mars? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> with his with his rigged machine. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's spectacular. Go um, check out Taylor's. Is it on YouTube now that it's stored? I know he, that he had it archived to Twitch, maybe. I'm just saying words now because I don't remember where he has it and I'm not looking on the internet. Um, but if you um, go check out this flipping podcast on Facebook, I think there's a link to the video of Taylor um, winning the bet that you guys had. Do you want to run that down real quick? Yeah. Essentially we had to capture first person to capture on camera, making rule the universe in attack from ours. Um, but there was a catch you had to do all of the uh, qualifying goals in order left to right as the inserts are listed. So if you did anything out of order, it was invalid, which is tough because you can accidentally get, you know, a five-way combo or super pops out of order quite easily. So you have to be really conscious of every shot. Um, And yes, Taylor captured a video and he's quite elated when, when it happens. So the loser of the bet, um, would pony up $50 for a uh, pinball outreach project project. So I paid that and now Taylor's feeling bold and he's making new bets, right? Okay. So he's making a bet with me um, because we both have a stars at home. So um, I took a picture of kind of all the settings on my stars um, on the boards so that we could be as even as possible and um, we are going to see who the first to roll their stars is. I have not rolled my stars. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had. I was excited. Nope. 
Um, neither one of us had done it. So this is part of, you know, when we were talking about the bet, um, we wanted something that neither one of us had done yet. So it would be like a cool goal to reach for, um, and similar rules where it has to be on camera. So, um, I sent him my settings, his settings, um, should match mine. He just sent me a question and asked how the hundred K shot on stars works. Um, so I'm like, I don't think you need to tell him that. <laughs> Right? Is that it wasn't in the rules anywhere. Um, so he and I are having a contest and the first person to roll stars on camera, um, the other person needs to donate fifty dollars to a charity of the winner's choice. Um, so he had sent me I don't remember the name of his charity, and then I have some animal rescue stuff that he'll be ponying up for once I roll my stars. So hopefully um, I can restore our our good name that you went and sullied by um, by not ever even having recorded any games I know. You know before he got it done. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I went in to go play it um, just to see how hard it was going to be. Yeah. And like the second or third game I got super, super close to it, um, and I drained out. Boy, I, I was attacking Mars, I think, when I drained out, but I I was there, and I was all excited. Um, and then I just never got that close again. But after that, I was like, okay, I got to get my streaming stuff set up, and all I really would have needed to do is record it. Um, but then as I made other attempts at it, I just couldn't get as close again. I just kept screwing something up along the way. Yeah. Um but you know, I he had rubber bands over his outlanes and stuff and I'm sure camera tricks like clear clear bands so it couldn't side drain. But no, nah, he 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 did it. And it's awesome. His reaction's the best, so go yeah, go see his that. reaction's fun. fantastic. It's just fun to watch the build up of it happening, so yeah. Um his charity is called Feed More which provides needy kids with meals. Um and that's when he runs his pints for kids tournament that's what it benefits. Um and then my charity is the Pixie Project um animal rescue in Portland. So both good causes but uh I'm getting those furry friends those $50 out of Taylor's pocket. It's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> Plus, it'll make me stream more, I guess. <laughs> and I just got to get my stuff going. I'm going to say that every, every episode, okay? Yes, you do. You need to be able to stream some things. I can't carry us for long. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could. But, um, but yeah, everyone come shout your words of encouragement as I fumble through Games of Stars. Uh, Bell's Pinball PDX is the Twitch stream where I will be um, fighting an uphill battle to roll this machine. So let's let's uh, let's see what's better. My um, update about my status of getting my streaming set up, or the Dutch pinball update of people getting their big Lebowski machines. Is that really an update? It was more um, of a. Meh. Well, let's read. <laughs> oh boy. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to jump towards um, the end of it where it says uh, we hired a business consultant to advise us in this process. He advised us not to share any details in the negotiations. Right now, there's no good news and no bad news, but things look positive that you will get your Lebowski. We will send out another update next week. So 
it there was just a few things ahead of that talking about background with the whole situation with ARA holding the machines and the update was <laughs> a not an update. Not but yeah. um there's a lot of money tied up in those big Lebowski's. Hopefully they figure it out. Yeah, I but, hope so. Uh, man. I don't know. <laughs> we shall I, see. <laughs> I don't know how that update was received, but I couldn't can't imagine that it was super enthusiastically received, but Well at this point, if you're one of those people who has money tied into a Lebowski I I just I mean what are you what are you expecting that they're suddenly going to have the problem fixed it sounds like it's a way bigger issue um and that they maybe needed a business manager to come in way earlier in the process uh than help their holding our games hostage and could theoretically ask us for any amount of money to get them out of there like they've upped it several times and I don't know what the original contract looks like, but apparently they're having issues uh, with the price continuing to hike up and up. And it's like, okay, well, at what point do you just say no? And at what point can people like just start getting their money back if this is never going to happen? Um, and people who have money with distributors supposedly can get them back because distributors haven't passed that money along to Dutch, so they can just refund it. Yeah. But the people who paid Dutch directly mm. and order from them directly, that money's stuck, and getting a refund is not so simple. But that sucks because it's man, it's a really fun game to play when it's working. We had one out on location for a minute here, and the few times that the game was like no glitches, everything was good. I had fun playing it. Um, I played it with Steve Bowden at Pinburg and he was like crushing it. And you know, not everything was in the code at that point. So it was just like, you know, he was just going through characters and stuff, but you know, they had some interesting, unique stuff going on in that game. And the theme's so cool. It seems like it should have just been a home run, but there's just a lot of things they're tripping over. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, if you get your money back, <laughs> if it's with a distributor, you're going to be fine. I guess you're you're fine to stick it out if you want to, but uh, it's just it's a rough situation. So, um, that about does it for news. I don't know if there's anything else that you saw pop up lately, but it's kind of been a slower time for news right now. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, um, we, we need to put together, um, a contest. We haven't done a contest in a little while. Okay. Um, and I've got some of these nifty new Bell's quarter holders. Um, and (laughs) I thought that maybe we should do a meme contest because then maybe Don would come back on the show. That would be great. (laughs) Since that's how this flippin' podcast got him to go over there. They had a contest that he had to judge on the show. No. So, um, so yeah. See right through that. This is how we're going to... No, he won't listen to this. He'll never know. It'll be great. He will be like, no, we have a contest with memes. Your favorite thing. Please come judge this for us. And then every week we will just have a new meme contest. Oh, that's... That is clever. Thanks. That's like... um. You know, when your dog is trying to wander away a little bit and you pretend like you've got a little treat in your hand, it comes running back. <laughs> Works every time. 
But in this case, we'll actually have the treat. We'll we'll keep a good drip feed of memes coming. So. Okay, so we need like Joe Zinkus on speed dial. <laughs> let's get let's get this going. And then we need like all the pictures of Evan. I I made one of those beams, but I didn't submit it till after the contest um, because I knew Don was judging and I wanted to, not that I was going to win, but if I did win, I'm sure that that would be (laughs) an awful look. (laughs) Like, oh, wow, that's convenient, huh? Right. Well, I mean, they only ever have two people enter their contests anyway, so... Which is the same for us. That's not to say anything disparaging (laughs) about them. It's just you don't see a whole lot of uh, return off of podcast contests. It's true. For whatever reason, it's like, here's some great stuff. All you have to do is just like do this one thing. And everyone's like, well, that's so much work. (laughs) I think a big part of it is that people um, think that their chances of winning are a lot lower than they actually are. Um, The one time, well, when we would get a lot of submissions, that was our pinball March madness. Like, but that was insane. Keeping up with it. Like just the amount of people who, who participate in that, but it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, well, let's come up with something and do it then. Okay. And, um, we'll wag the little doggy treat for Don. So <laughs> go listen to him on this flipping podcast, by the way, he did a fun appearance over there. He did. He was also sending me pictures today of some video game, and I don't know what it was, but I want to find out. And there's a dog in the video game named Boner. And I got really excited that um, the video game people would have named the dog Boner, because then there's like this guy, and he's, he says things like, oh god, there's so many of them. Uh, Boner will grow big and handsome. I think he's already bigger. It's just like this guy with his puppy. And then they, there's one where he's like scratching his head and he's wearing a nightgown and he's like, maybe Boner is just a little sad. They just giggled the entire time they made that game well, where they were weed. And I was like, wait, wait, no, 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 right, no, it's not. It's not. I, for a minute, I lived in a world where I thought that there was a video game company that did that in like a cutesy little game. And they're just like, oh, we're going to name this dog Boner. And then people are going to talk about him a lot. But no, you get to name your own dog. So it's not always Boner. Okay. Well, okay, go on. (laughs) Well, Don's going to probably be out at Pinball Showdown. And uh, you're not going to that. But I'm going to poke him to come on the show because we are scheduled to do a live show there. And I have done it by myself out there and it sucks doing a live show by yourself in front of a room full of people. Wait, when um, is that happening? I can call. You might be able to call. Yeah, that will be, well, you're going to be at the Northwest show because it's right. during pinball showdown. Well, let me know. Maybe. Maybe. <gasps> no, I mean, maybe you can be there. Oh. I'm like, is this because of the blood oath again? Cause that's, that's a lame excuse. Ah, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, we'll get. I I'm hoping Don will come on. Um, Me too. Just you know, it's like our our reunion tour starts right there. So, sweet. All right, well, uh, let's uh, let's move on to the the main event here. It's been a while since we've you know had had a special guest with us. So Ooh. looks like he's ready to join us. So. Let's uh let's bring him on and and uh 
get to the the meat of this show. Let's do it. All right, let's jump into our featured machine. Um, we have a special guest to talk about it this time, and uh, Jessica, I'll go ahead and let you introduce the game and who we've got with us this time. So let's let's get into this. Awesome. I am super excited to be able to uh, bring my friend on the show. been wanting to talk to him for a while now. Um, and he is an amazing rare pinball collector. He travels all over um, to pick up and photograph games. He's a skater, photojournalist, all-around rad guy, uh, Michael Lee Huntsman. Welcome to the show, Mike. Howdy, howdy. I'm glad to be here, that's for sure. Thanks for being here. And we have you on to discuss one of your latest acquisitions, um, one that I'm super jealous about, um, Joust. Yeah, I was very lucky to find the the one that I played when I was a kid. Um, uh, Very, very lucky. I guess you folks have one up there in Portland that you've been able to play, uh, and that's neat. I think I got to sort of play it one night. It was pretty loud in there. Was, I think it's called the Scoreboard, I believe, right? Scoreboard, yep. I brought you over to Scoreboard. I think there was like a Blazers game or something that night, so it was super busy. Um, but we put in a couple of games on it, and um, we're super fortunate to have um, Quarter World has their Joust on location at Scoreboard. It's not always working, which I know a lot of people know is a problem with Joust machines, especially on location where they get a lot of love. But... Um, that's amazing that you were able to find the one that you actually played as a kid. Yeah, um, it, it is pretty neat. Uh, here locally, there's a big route operator that's still in town that had one in the bottom of the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino here in Reno. And um, uh, I specifically remember playing this same exact one with a friend sometime right around 84 um, there's actually a, a slip inside of it from the date that it was pulled off route. It was October 28th, 1985. Oh, wow. Wow. And it's been sitting in that same spot until, until I went out and got it a few weeks back. And, um, yeah, I tell you that drive out there was pretty incredible. I, uh, I, I don't even remember driving out there. <laughs> um, but once I got there, uh, uh, there it was, uh, all full of, rat poop and piss and and still in all of its glory um i couldn't wait to get it home um the 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 deal uh was a little bit steeper than i had hoped but uh, i think that anybody would have would have done it um we all would love to even just play one let alone uh own one and yeah it's the it's my number four machine and uh i just need my number five now Nice. So how how do you transport a joust? Where did you put it in? They're pretty long. Well, um, I have a aluminum box van that I got a few years back that I'm pretty proud of. I call it the pin hauler or the bread box because I <laughs> I make my money in that machine. Um, I, I either drive my '52 Chevy Round Fender pickup. Or my 1992 aluminum box van. It's a, either a round fender or a, or a box van going down the road. Um, and it'll hold four pins comfortably. Oh, um, nice. It's all aluminum, so uh, it's lighter than a car. It's front-wheel drive and a V6 fuel-injected. Um, I got it with only 49,000 original miles on it, and it used to haul 
the big show cats to and, and back and forth in Vegas for Siegfried and Roy, as a matter of fact. Um, and now it hauls big heavy pinball machines. Um, <laughs> all it does and, and travel around the West Coast. Um, so what I did was I took some uh, three aluminum um, bleacher seats and, and uh, put them together with uh, piano hinges so that they can fold out and be a wide ramp. Uh, and then I built my own custom um, uh, pinball lift with gigantic wheels, uh, you know, big, I think they're roughly 20, eh, about 20-inch 20 wheels, maybe 16-inch wheels, so that I can go up and over and down and through this Nevada wasteland. Uh, um, and it's uh, the only way I can move machines around by myself um, uh, because... Um, I, these guys here locally have been appreciating, uh, my machines. Um, I've been able to do a pretty good rotation, uh, because of that setup. And, uh, so when I went out to pick up that, that joust, uh, I actually hauled some other things back with it. I had room, including a game plan, um, what's it called? Um, Foxy Lady. Uh, another machine that came with it. Um, but the funny thing about that machine is, is you can't just put a normal lift underneath it. You, you know, you have to flat dolly it. So oh, yeah. for that one, I had to have a friend help me get it up onto a flat dolly and then go up the ramp and then secure it down. And, um, yeah, it rides, it rides pretty good with weight in the back. And, uh, I like having weight in the back. <laughs> so there you go. Um, by the way, I picked it up on a Friday evening and couldn't go to the bank. So I told him I would pay him Monday morning. And before I paid him for it, it was restored and plain. <laughs> wow. So, uh, awesome. And to be honest with you, I didn't even go to sleep until it was restored. I stayed up for a whole night and went solid on it. So, uh, I still have some minor issues. Like you guys were saying, uh, Joss do, um, they're hard to keep running and I'm finding out why. Uh, one of the reasons is it's all full of micro switches, cherry micro switches. And so um, they're all failing as I'm playing it and play testing it. They keep <laughs> failing and I have to then once again, open it all the way up again and then replace another one. And so um, I'm, I, I, feed, I, I ordered some and now I'm just going to replace every single one in it. Um, boy, I wish I had the count. I counted it. I think it's 28. Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but yeah, I ordered 28 brand new switches. So every single one of them would be brand new. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those cherry micro switches are like, uh, I think they rate them at like a million actuations, but they, they don't last anywhere near that long. Uh, for anyone well, who's ever had this machine has been sitting around for almost 32 years. It was, um, uh, we did the math <laughs> and it's just about 32 years. And, uh, uh, I tell you, other than that, it's gorgeous inside. Uh, the original manual and its sleeve with all the other stuff was in there. Um, um, what else? Uh, it's very interesting just opening the machine up. I tell you, I mean, we've all owned many different types of machines, but I it took me a little bit to figure it all out. Uh, it's When it's all opened up, boy, it sure does open up like a show car, you know, uh, 
the, the sides open up. I mean, it really lays itself out, um, almost like a Mexican lowrider type vehicle when they jack one in up and they have all the doors out and everything. It does that type of a, of a, of a deal, you know, um, easy to work on, I guess. That's cool. Yeah, I've never seen one all opened up, but um, I mean, most people haven't been lucky enough to even see one uh, anywhere. But so you you mentioned you had one to play growing up, and it's actually the same one you got. It's kind of cool. I the uh, I have a Spy Hunter arcade machine, and um, I was lucky enough that that's the one I used to play as a kid. I'd ride my bike to the arcade to play growing up, so it's pretty special having that. But um, as far as the game itself, like. I, people can go and they can look at, look at images and stuff on it, but um, it's there's a couple other. You I know, mean, there's some other head-to-head games, but Joust is pretty dang unique. Like you start playing that thing, and uh, I don't know, it, it it clicks pretty pretty quickly. But um, how how often did you get to experience that whole two-player aspect of it? And I I don't know if you would run there with friends and play. Like I never saw one on location, and you guys have one in Portland, Jessica. I, how often does the uh, do does everything align to be able to play it the way it's meant to be played? In Portland, it's um, well, when it first when it was first on location, and I first remember seeing it and playing it, it was fine. And then there's an issue with the drop targets, like on one side, there's a bank of drop targets where they would never fully come back up. Like they'd start to come up, and then they would fully drop again but really fast so you just hear like this fluttering like (laughs) and you could roll the game for forever if you just held on to the ball because it keeps scoring that as well so it's massive um so it would always have to get turned off there because that was a huge problem and then that got fixed and then it broke again and fixed and broke again and it was like an ongoing issue and then once that got fixed it seemed like there was this crazy volume control issue where you would turn it on and all of a sudden it would get super loud. Um, and even though the bar that it's in is big, like all over the place, everyone's like, what is that noise? So it'd be super, super loud. And then it would just cut out and be totally silent. And it's just all over the place. So a lot of the time when we go in there now, it's off, which is sad because I love it. And having a chance to actually play a machine that you don't see very often the fact that they have it out on location for us is amazing, but it's really challenging when you can't do anything with it. Oh, yeah. Well, I may have had one available to me when I was a little kid, but how many games did you master or remember from when you were 12 years old? Um, and then remember that, you know, not not me. I barely remember the titles. So what I'm getting at is, uh, yeah, Jess, Jess and I played... Uh, that one up in Portland, and actually, at at, at uh, Arcade Expo number one down in Banning, I had the very very lucky chance to play Roger Sharp in a um, tournament, the very first one, where it was Roger Sharp and I head to head on Joust. And <laughs> I didn't know what the heck I was doing. He probably did. <laughs> so, um, and I beat him, <laughs> I can say. And then, side note, real quick, um, the very next game that I had to play against Roger was none other than Sharpshooter. <laughs> and uh, 
believe it or not, I beat him on his own design on Sharpshooter, which was, oh, awesome. which was pretty neat. That's uh, pretty But anyways, and then uh, I played one other, but I still had never really known exactly what the rules were, and I never really did look into it, even after all these years. But once I had one, um, I do what I like to do, which is, you know, I adore a game from afar, knowing that I can't wait until I've got it either at someone's house or or a location or my house is the best case scenario where <laughs> it's the only machine on in the room and you get to actually figure it out the hard way, not read the instructions and then do it, which, you know, it's sort of like buying a video game and then buying the, uh, the book on the game and reading the book before you play the game or something. I just don't, I've never been that guy. So, um, yeah, I've always enjoyed figuring out the rules the hard way. And I finally, I think I've pretty much got them all down uh, now that I've got this machine in front of me. Uh, which, by the way, it is right in front of me right now. Uh, and she's pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely is. Um, well, let's talk about it a little bit. So, uh, as we've kind of mentioned a few times, it's not the most common game. Um, IPDB says that. They've confirmed that 402 units were produced. Um, as far as the features goes, it's a head-to-head pinball machine. And I guess originally it was developed um, under a different name, and then they changed it to, to Joust, and it was uh, designed by Barry Ausler. So Joust obviously shares the name of the, the arcade machine, Joust. So you've got the art with the guys riding the giant birds, um, that look like a cross between a giant ostrich and a vulture, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you've kind of uh, got the two spinners in the middle, which is how the ball usually travels in between. But why don't you talk a little bit what a typical game looks like? Because there's the whole 30 seconds thing at the end. And then just what what is a normal head-to-head game of Joust? How does it progress? What Well, what, what it's do you interesting see? because at first, you know, you push two-player button. And the guy across from you, or gal, whatever, the person across from you, um, they're standing there and they're waiting and nothing's happening. And we're both standing there and we're looking at each other. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, right? And we're waiting and we're waiting. And finally, I know what's about to happen, but they don't. Finally, they hit a button and then all the drop targets reset and then it loads a ball on both sides. It kicks a ball out like in the shooter lane which you'd expect would be your ball you know right next to your right hand but that ball is intended for the other player on the other side because it's about to shoot over and pass and out your normal shooter lane but then over into their play field and then the same thing happens of course with them uh, now normal gameplay is two balls on the play field at all times that's yeah during a two ball sorry two person um two player game a normal operation is two balls on the play field, always multi-balling. And um, if you can somehow get both of the balls, well, there's a few different ways, um, on, on your side and actually keep them on your side, there's an advantage to that and, and at a disadvantage. Um, because I tend to leave mine with five balls, starting with five balls, because it's especially when you're learning it, um, just like, say, Spectrum, you want to have all five balls. There's a there's a there's a learning curve. Even after you get good at the machine, you still for this particular solid state want to leave it on five ball. Um, and I'll explain why. Uh, um, because um, 
as long as there's one person has one ball, that's it. Just one ball you're playing. So at times, yeah, you want to shoot through the spinner, which, by the way, one of the spinners belongs to you, and one of the spinners always belongs to them. So if you shoot their spinner, you're giving them points, which is neat. I never knew that about it until I owned one. But uh, the point is, is that if you're trying to shoot through the spinner and then drain the other guy, at first it's funny and it's neat because you can really get your buddy, you know, and uh, ha-ha, I just shot straight through your flippers and got you. It's totally cool, but... If you got none left and they have one ball left, you don't want to do that. It's going to end the game. Um, so basically, um, as each ball drains, your count is going down. And if you can hit the hunter targets twice, according to the settings, that is, if you can hit the hunter targets, the one, two, three stand-up targets, which are all green, then the first time you get, I believe it's, uh, well, yes, it's uh, 10,000. The second time, it's extra ball. So the, the, the entire time that the, the last player has their last ball, you shouldn't be trying to drain them. You should be trying to get your extra ball so that in case they do drain, you guys can keep playing um, and beat them. That is, of course, unless you have a huge lead. I guess if you have a huge lead, then, yeah, go ahead and fire them between their flippers in the game and get them. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but that's anyways, not the end of the uh, game. No, that's not the end of the game. There's still the 30-second free-for-all, just like on Black Knight, where except this time, instead of the highest player getting the 30-second free-for-all, it's both of them. And there have been many times where I was able to get a bunch of bonus multipliers and catch up during the 30-second uh, end of game and be able to conquer the other guy uh, or other person. And, yeah, it's uh, that is neat all, all in of itself. Um uh, so back to the strategy, um, with with uh, always multi-ball, which by the way, let's not forget about talking about the single player, because I'm very impressed by how the game completely changes uh, for a single, single player. Anyway, um, the when you get the 30-second free-for-all, which is way wide off to the left for both players, is uh, two inline stand-up targets. And the first time you hit the stand-up target, it lights the spinner for a 1,000, your spinner for a 1,000. And you hit the next drop target, inline drop target on the far left, it lights your spinner for 5,000. Oh, man. A Mm -hmm. 5,000 per spin spinner, and if it works right like mine does, which I got videos coming soon, Oh my gosh, one shot and you get close to, you know, you're getting 200,000, you know, or more, probably, uh, maybe even as much as 400,000, uh, which is huge. And um, that's pretty neat. And if they're shooting your spinner on accident when you're not, uh, you're getting 5,000 to spin. Um, and then so after you shoot past that second inline drop target on the far left, way out on the far left, farthest shot out there on the left. Um, that starts the 30-second free-for-all four-ball multi-ball. And if you, the other guy doesn't have any balls left, and you do, you better end that 30-second multi-ball with the balls on their play field because that way it doesn't matter if they drain. You see what I mean? You don't lose your balls, of course. Um, they all drain on, on, on the other guy's side. So there's a strategy in that for both of you, both players to sort of come together at the end of the 30 second multi ball and go ahead and let two balls drain before the 30 seconds runs out 
and then get back to two ball play because otherwise uh, one guy's about to lose two balls or you're both about to lose at least one ball. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so whoever's got the least amount, put it all, put them all on their side. So, um, and then, so yeah, there's that, there's more to it. I figured I'd take a break and let you guys, uh, ask uh, any more questions about what I was just talking about. No, that's, that's all cool stuff. Um, that, yeah, that inline shot that goes on the left, I can, I see how you're talking about. That's pretty long reach on the flipper there. But you mentioned the one-player stuff. I've never played this game one-player. Uh, how does it change, and how does it work as a one-player game? Two-player is pretty chaotic uh, because you're both, uh, and I guess to, I guess maybe quickly finish so that this makes sense, um, in a two-player game, the stand-ups on the right. Um, okay, so the stand-ups on the right, they um, it's a race to get, those points. And what I mean is, is that only one side can get the points. And so if you lock in the right drop target bank at a certain value, just like say, for instance, on like a black Knight, you know how the value scrolls and it goes between like four different types of values. And hopefully you get it on the 200,000 when you do hit that first drop target and lock in those points. So it stops flashing that value and makes it solid. So now that's the point you're going for. Well, if you complete the bank before the other person does on the other side, on the other play field, you'll get those points. But if the other person on the other side completes their same bank on the right, before you complete yours, they get their points, your drop targets come back up and you don't get those points that you were just shooting for. So it's a race to get those points. And it's, it's pretty funny when one guy gets his only 50,000 versus the other guy was about to get his 200,000 and he never got it. So now I believe on first player, when you start the game, instead of it being all chaotic and, and, and flippers going everywhere and uh, here we go, um, head to head. Now it's very slow, methodical, um, and quiet, and paced out, it's just you. You're controlling both left flippers from your side, both the left flipper on the far side of the play field and the left flipper in front of you. And then, of course, on the right side, you know, so you, you've got basically a black hole upper and lower play field at the same time constantly, you know, um, essentially. Um, it's a little easier on a black hole because the other flippers are down easier to see. But um, basically, um, what happens is it's just one ball. So now it's just a one-ball game instead of a multi-ball game. And you can really learn the game that way. Um, all the points are all yours. Both spinners are yours. Um, it's neat. Uh, you usually end up getting more points on your own side and more bonus count on your own side. But occasionally, I've gotten a, a game where I spent most of my time on the other side and that's where most of my points came from. So, um, but it's it's totally different. It goes from head to head battle to oh, I can figure this game out now and just have a good time, you know. And it's not a race to do everything, you know. Yeah. Um, fun stuff. Very cool, Jessica. Do you you you've had some chance to play it, but general thoughts on the game? I love it. I think it's super fun. Um, 
It's never one that they've let us use in tournaments when we do tournaments at scoreboard, but I always really want to. Um, it's an excellent dollar game. I think it's, um, it's really fun to just have that set up. It's so different than anything else. And when you get into that last 30 seconds, it's just crazy. Like Mike said, like free for all. Um, but I've never seen anyone play it and not have an amazing time playing that game. Yeah, that's for sure. So the only place I've been able to play it is California extreme. Um, now I can't remember, Mike, did you mention that, was this the one that was out at California extreme? recently well the um i actually at california extreme i haven't seen one i i played the one at um arcade expo and banning oh that's right uh, of course this is the one we're talking about has been buried in a warehouse in carson city for 32 years only on location for two and a half years before it was pulled so so no uh but those other ones that uh, the, the one i played in southern california it worked very well uh, yeah. it was the best working one before I got mine, um, because that one up in Portland, if I remember right, there was something about it. I just couldn't wrap my head around it either. Maybe it was just too loud in there or something. Um, I didn't really get a chance to really feel the game until I owned one. So cool. Um, I don't know if you have anything else that you'd want to point out specifically about it, but there's a few things to talk about as far as the whole head to head stuff goes. Um, have you, have either of you guys played any of the other head-to-head style pinball machines? I played one at Pinburg that was like a, it was a sports thing. I forget what it was called. That's uh, well, there's an Alvin Gottlieb uh, soccer and football. Is it was it that one? I feel like it was a football kind of thing. Was it modern or older? Was it because uh, there's an old electromechanical one um, called Challenger, also? Yeah, and um, they have one of those at the Pinball Hall of Fame. Yeah, God, you're right. I don't remember. I played like one game on it, and it it tipped like in the direction that's, of. Yeah, that's Challenger John. does that. Okay, yep. I played that. Yeah, and so Challenger's crazy. Um, it's an old EM. Uh, but yeah, like you're saying, it, it tilts and it changes the the level of the play field. So while your turn is up, you're shooting uphill all the time, obviously. Um, but that 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 game is pretty cool. That's kind of the uh, I don't know it, that I don't know if that's the oldest head to head. I think there might be one or two that could be older, but um, Challenge is the only one that you ever really run into. Um, Oh, yeah, just looking real quick on IPDB. There are some older head-to-heads, but um, it looks like, uh, what's the name of this one? Boot-a-Ball is older. There was a hundred of them made, so, and it's a soccer one. And uh, that one is the, it is a simultaneous play, but yeah, that's, it It looks much older as well. But um, <laughs> I, I think the, head, the head-to-head concept's pretty interesting. Um yeah, it's. Have you ever played War or seen War? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've never had a chance to play it though. I don't know that one. They had it at Allentown um, just this past show, and I saw some pictures of it. That's that's a cocktail head to head, and it's got flippers that point both at like uh, up and down the playfield and across. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but have you ever played that one, Mike? Yeah. They they have one at um at the um 
down in uh, the Bay Area, they had one at the Pacific Pinball Expo. And um, it's very interesting. Um, I don't think the sound was either working or something like that, but um, and it doesn't quite have the same type of effect as Joust. It's very neat and very rare. Um, and you're right, there's both traditional style, kind of like Joust, and then some others that sort of point toward the other player, which is kind of strange. Um, and from what I recall, I think that the other player gets to control those other ones on the other side. So you get four flippers, two on your side and two on the other side. Interesting. Yeah, I know Taylor from this Lupin podcast posted pictures of one. I can't remember if he put video up or not. Um, I'll need to ask him if he got a chance to play it, but it's a pretty wild-looking game. Um, and, and I guess if they're linked, obviously, NBA Fast Break can function as a head-to-head. There's, there's some other ones that are out there. Um, but nobody really um, went in as much as seemingly like Joust um, as far as the straight head-to-head concept. Um, in yeah, a way you know, that, that made the most sense, I would say. In 1983, um, the, all the all the pinball machines, if you notice, uh, they were really neat. They were awesome designs, regardless of whether or not the whole home console um, thing, you know, basically killing arcades happened or not. The whole industry was going to go the way that it went anyway, as far as advancements in, in technology, you know, um, you know, uh, as far as speech and all that, the, the machines were going to be cool regardless, but they had to try a little extra because of the way that not only did video games in the arcade start killing pinball, but then the home market, home video game market started killing arcades off in, in as a whole in roughly late 82 by 83, the arcades were dying left and right. And so, and so were pinball machines in general. And it's unfortunate there. Not only, like I said, did they, was it, was it going to get cool anyway, but they tried to really go crazy on a few titles, uh, to try to uh, attract the, the quarterback into the machine, you know, have the kid, uh-huh. uh, not play the new, uh, Pac-Man or whatever and come back over here and, and play some more pinball. And that's, of course, ideas like Joust came about. And unfortunately, there was nobody buying, uh, uh, nobody playing, thus no uh, route operators buying. And so, um, you know, there's that saying where some folks say that, well, there's probably a reason why they didn't make very many of them. Well, there's a few reasons sometimes why people don't make very many of them. And and, uh, unfortunately, it was a neat, breakthrough in pinball technology of that in that era but nobody it fell on deaf ears nobody was buying nobody uh appreciated it until us later on and now we're all scrambling to find one and there there just plain aren't any um there's a bunch of other titles that i don't even need to explain that that happened between 82 and let's just say 85 when when both um you know um space shuttle and like high speed kind of started revitalizing the whole pinball thing again, you know, with, uh, uh, with multi-ball and storylines and stuff like that. So, um, anyway, yeah. uh, uh, it's unfortunate, but, um, boy, uh, 
I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very fortunate to have found one. And now that we all get to, now we all get to enjoy it. Mine's not going to be tucked away for no one to play. Uh, but on that note, I'm also never going to walk away from mine at a location. When I have my location, my own arcade very soon this year, um, that's one of the ones that stay in my arcade and don't get, uh, you know, let's just say rotated into other locations. Uh, that one is always under my supervision. When it breaks down, I will be there (laughs) to fix it. So nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, r- typically the only place you really see these is very special locations like you guys um, have access to. Obviously, I don't say very often, but usually they're at shows. And and the one thing that is because they don't have the big back box, um, you can easily walk past Joust uh, five or six times before you even notice it if you don't have the people playing or, or even like the Alvin G head-to-heads. Um, but yeah, without that, Sometimes that they can be at the end of the row or if they're in the middle of a row because uh, sometimes it's inconvenient to have one person walk all the way around to the other side. But definitely try and grab someone and play these games because you're not going to see them that often. And if you can come across one that's working well, it's a blast. Like you really should take advantage of it while it's out there. Um, like I said, uh, the one at California Extreme that I played played well, and it was a lot of fun. Um, you mentioned playing in Banning, and then um, obviously they they get there's collectors who are good enough to bring those out for for them to try. But um, I'm actually now interested in playing it single player. If I hadn't ever had anyone else play with it, I'd just pass it up. But now I want to get that single player experience on it, so I'll have to try that. I've only tried single player a couple of times and it was fun. I, I still though will um, play with someone as often as possible. Oh yeah. And I, and that's obviously the way it's designed and meant to be played, but it's cool that it has um, a different flavor for the one player and that you can do it. And it's not just, you know, a totally compromised experience. Well, you don't ever get another chance to ever control the other side and then play back toward yourself unless right. you do try the one player. And on top of that, it, it, it's neat. It gives you different shots. Um, it, it, you know, it's neat having that n- entire play field. Also, um, in playing uh, two player, um, well, there was somewhere I was going to go with that. Um, um, oh, oh, that's what it was. Um, you know, you guys probably don't have as much of a problem with it here as, as I do here in Reno so far because I'm really trying to get reno into pinball uh, it always takes a little while for for the cool to come over the sierras and finally hit reno and it's taken extra long for pinball to come over uh and actually be cool in reno uh, i'm trying and doing all i can but one of the things that happens that i see is here in reno is they'll that now that they know that they can even play a multiplayer game yeah i know it's it's true <laughs> uh, they didn't even realize that when i was putting machines out um that now that they know that they can play four player, they'll start four player game and just walk away. Uh, the three walk away, one and then one person plays, and the other one's at the bar, and so the other one walks over nonchalantly, and then uh, hey, oh by the way, it's your turn, and then they go over, and maybe a minute later, I walk in there, and sometimes all the games are going, and I'm trying to break them of bad habits so that when you guys come to town, they won't do that. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is that with a game like Joust or a game like Tag Team, by the way. Uh, they're not walking away. They are there. It forces them to sit there and play with you and interact with you. Um, 
Uh, that's that's a neat thing. You, they can't walk away. They can't go get a drink. They can't do anything. They have to be over there. Um, that's another thing. Once you start the game, you can't walk away from it. It keeps going with or without you being there, just like Spectrum. Spectrum is the same way. Uh, if yeah. you're not there for your ball, it kicks it out and drains it on you. If you're not there for it, you can't even do anything about it. So uh, those are the reasons why I like Joust. Literally... Because of the way that you have to play and you have to pay attention, and they can't walk away, and you, you're not—I mean, you're not left there alone playing it all by yourself. Uh, it doesn't work that way. So that's my favorite part about it: is getting people out there and uh, getting them playing. Very nice. So I—I I, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it, but I do just kind of want to point out a couple things. I, I love the art on it. It's obviously um, themed after the arcade game, but. Um, the arcade game that, you know, has the stenciled art and stuff like that, but the, the pinball art definitely is a little bit more alive as far as that world of joust goes. Um, I guess you could say so. Um, it, it's kind of cool to see a little bit more detail in the art, um, from that, but, uh, man, I'm, I'm jealous. I think that's an awesome pickup. Um, I love that a game like that actually gets into a collection where it's going to be maintained rather than you know, slowly rotting away in a, in a warehouse. And unfortunately a game like that, uh, because it was a weird time for pinball, it often did just get thrown to the back of a warehouse. And a lot of those odd games, things like this or, or something like an orbiter one or something that they tried to do something different. It may have worked in some areas, may not have worked so great in others. Um, they got warehoused and a lot of them, you know, those warehouses, they can have a whole host of issues. They can have weather conditions that mess up the games, uh, you know, rats or whatever. Um, so it's awesome that you got this, you pulled it out and with it only having spent two years on route, sounds like you had a pretty, pretty sweet game there. So jealous, but, um, also happy for you at the same time. Yeah. Super happy for you. I know that's been, you know, top of your list for a long time and, it's awesome that, you know, you were able to not only get a joust, but to get the joust that you played as a kid. That's always really cool to to be able to rescue a machine like that and one that you've been after for so long. Yeah, I, I it was neat to work for the route company uh, right around 98 to I think roughly around 02. And um, I worked for them for a good year before I actually started even collecting I uh, was out of location. They asked if, if my company bought pinball machines, and I said no, uh, but let me ask the guys. And uh, they said no, and when I told them that, he says, well, do you buy pinballs? And I thought, mm, maybe. That was the very first pinball machine I ever bought, only because the bar the bar owner asked me if I wanted to buy it. I, I don't know why it <laughs> never crossed my mind before that, but... Um, yeah, I ended up asking that route company that I worked for about that machine, and they just kept telling me it was buried out in Carson. Um, and then uh, I went on to bigger and better things and then came back into collecting again, and then that's when I started bothering them again uh, roughly six, seven years ago. And um, they got sick of me calling, so they <laughs> finally called me a few weeks ago, and I went out and picked it up, and uh, it was surreal. I, I tell you guys, it, it didn't even like really sink in until the next like day or two. I, just, I woke up and I just couldn't believe that it was that it was there. It was almost like it was a dream. So awesome! Persistence pays off. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, before we let you go, um, you've got you you got stuff that you're involved in. You mentioned some of the things, but um, I don't know if there's anything you'd like to plug. Any of your stuff you have online? I know you do a lot of photography and 
Um, you're involved with some sort of stuff, but if there's anything you want to throw out there, um, now's the time, man. Where can we find you? Well, I want to definitely mention one thing real quick here is, uh, very proud of my West Coast pinball collectors. Um, it was a while back that I realized that on Facebook and a lot of the other social media outlets that they're just all the buzz and chatter was all southern, northern, or eastern. Literally no western at all. Like period. Um, all the groups to this day uh, are it seems like a lot of the chatter is Texas and Chicago and New York and. You know, and the such. So I woke up one morning, uh, I don't even know how long ago now. I think it's been a good four years now or so, uh, maybe longer. And I, I just started West Coast Pinball Collectors. And on, that's a group on Facebook. And uh, Molly Atkinson and Carl Lind helped me spread the word that day. And it's we're now over 700, I think approaching 800 or something. I haven't checked lately. Uh, we're we're strong we got a lot of industry people and collectors alike at first it was sort of just for us collectors to chat and boy it's turned into something really neat now people get on there and make sure that if they're going to go travel and then and they have room that they let people know that and you know a lot of folks have bought sold traded gotten advice uh in a lot of different groups but i think that the west coast pinball collectors uh for us out on the west coast that is um, is somewhere where we all feel comfortable and, uh, and it's worked out great. Um, I do a lot of collecting. Um, as you guys know, mm-hmm. I've got roughly 70 pins and some, and a dozen uh, classic bids. And a lot of that now these days all happens first on the West coast pinball collectors. There's a few of us that offer up machines to the, to the uh, us folks uh before they listed anywhere else at a slightly cheaper rate because um well because that's what we do you know and so uh there's that other than that um yeah blair alley blair alley is the best uh arcade i've been to yet and when mine opens i'm going to try my hardest to be anywhere near as cool as those guys (laughs) uh there's lots of other things i'd like to say but uh, I guess I'll end in saying thank you to you two, and uh, let's do it again. Oh, for really? sure. And um, for for those that obviously aren't keyed in, we had a little bit of technical difficulties earlier. We plan on having you on for the full show. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's definitely do it again, and we'll get everything sorted out. But thanks for coming on. Uh, again, congrats on the machine. That's an awesome pickup, and one of those that uh, when pinball stories start flying around, I'm sure that's going to be always near the top of the list of the ones to pull out. So congrats on that. And thanks for coming on. Thanks, Mike. Awesome. Thanks guys. Yep. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Mike. That was fun. Um, For those that don't understand the magic of editing, we recorded that a couple of nights ago. Yeah, we sure did. We intended to have Mike on for the entire show and he was with us for all the news and everything. And then our recording platform hard crashed on us and upon recovery we just had my vocal track which is not cool yeah, um 100% not cool so um, uh then we then we like tried to figure out the technical difficulties restarted a bunch of times came back in and then um did the featured machine 
but I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. Well, I should have done this before, but anyway, uh, in listening to the featured machine, if at any point I sounded really irritable or like I was answering questions without having fully heard the questions, that's because both of those things were true. Um, I could barely hear Mike. He was cutting out so badly. Um, so he would say something and then I think you would ask me a follow-up question and I'm just like, crap, I don't know what he just said. Make something up. So um, some of my answers may be super disjointed because I had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> and we'd we already been recording it, for so long. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, geez. It was what? <laughs> like a three and a half, four hours of banging our head on this stuff. Yeah. But uh, but apologies to Mike and thank you so much for coming on the show. Um Mike is such a rad guy and I'm glad that he was able to join us and hopefully we'll have him back at some point um, when we can all hear each other. Yeah. And definitely big time. Thanks to him and to you for being willing to record, re-record, re-re-record. Like <laughs> even just that segment that we did get took two tries. So yeah, um, yeah, that was rough, but it went, it was fun. And uh, I would love to have him on to talk about more of his uh, stuff that he's doing in pinball, um, as well as just more about his collection. So yeah, cool. definitely. He we'll documented some of the, the cool art stuff that they found over at planetary. So he did their blog post. If anybody saw, um, that had kind of like the total recall, um, prototype art and stuff like that. He's the photographer, um, and the blog writer from that post. So that was really cool. Yeah. So thank you, Mike. That was that was fun. It was a it was an adventure that we all had together. That. <laughs> that we will never ever be able to forget. Um, I uh, in all of the uh, m- you know craziness that we had, can't remember what we effed up from the last show. So I'm just gonna say it was flawless, except for the whole Star Wars is coming announcement entire bit. Don't don't worry about that though. Yeah, nothing, nothing. <laughs> but because we're recording right now, they will do it to us probably in the next day or two, right? Definitely. Yeah, we're Well, I was talking to someone about this tonight um about how they think maybe um my friend Bill was was postulating that the art on the game or, you know, some part of the animations or whatever could potentially give away something from the film that they're not ready to give away yet, like something with the new movie, maybe, which kind of makes sense where, you know, if they had said, Hey, uh, we need you to hold off on this until after release of the film so that there are no surprises. So do you want me to tell you what I heard was the yeah. reason? Yeah. 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 You so hear? none of this is verified truth. Um, but that the reveal was set for, way, way back originally, as we talked about in the last time, is that it was going to be at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. That got pushed back because it just wasn't ready. Okay. They were going to be ready for May 4th, you know, Star Wars Day and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the word I heard was that um, they wanted to give Aerosmith more time to breathe oh, because okay. they're afraid that once Star Wars drops that orders are going to kind of stop for games or just severely drop off for games on the line and all shift towards star Wars, which I don't know to me, I 
it's still selling pinball machines unless they have like warehouse stuff they're worried about being able to sell. Right. But, Didn't they have that fear with Ghostbusters too? Yeah, they did. And that's why the leak freaked them out so bad is they felt that it was causing um, harm to sales because, you know, the hardcore kind of knows it's coming, but once it gets out in the public, then they're afraid that the more casual type buyer will, you know, wait for the next thing. But apparently, um, from what I heard, I've heard it from a few people, is that Aerosmith sold strong uh, at the very beginning, but had a faster tailing off than expected. And so, they're kind of hoping that as more games get out there, more people play it, that it would kind of re-energize the sales on that. Um, But that if Star Wars dropped, that that would kind of be the end of it. So, I don't know. That makes sense to me. it's a marketing decision more than, you know, other factors of the game readiness, I guess. So there's nothing wrong with the game or anything from what I understand, but uh, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see because it's got to be coming up close anyway, because if it's still supposed to be the summer game, they need to have time to get those orders in and they need to have, you know, a, a normal marketing um, lead time with it. So it's got to be soon. Um, regardless what the other games on the line are doing. So. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, I could definitely see the whole had to come after the trailer, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Star Wars teaser trailer. So, But we I don't shall know. see. Yeah. I don't have anything else. Do you? I don't think I have anything else. Okay. No. We don't have anything... After We've recorded the show. so many times, I honestly don't remember what we talked about tonight and what we talked about two nights ago. So, um, I'm just I'm just gonna call it good. <laughs> Fine by me. And uh, well, well. <laughs> Oh, Thanks God, for listening no, to the show. You can email the Pinball Podcast at pinballpodcast at gmail.com. Find us online at thepinballpodcast.com, on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Snapchat. Check the show notes on our website to see how to support our sponsors and friends of the show. Yay, Pinball! No! Bye, Jeff. Bye. Bye. <laughs>